everybody. Welcome to Political Football. Uh, this will be the Eastern Division Review Show. I'm, uh, we're part of the Maddie Ice Media Network. I'm joined here by Scott. Scott, how are you doing this week? I'm well. How are you? I'm doing good. So I know this is one of your favorite weeks. I don't want to get into it too much right now, but can you give me just a couple quick thoughts on the Combine, what you liked, what you saw, what was exciting, all that? Well, it was a, it was a strange Combine because normally you have like receivers at least for the last group of years the receiver groups have just been ridiculous and outside of um a player who's like like i think jackson smith and jigba is almost combine proof like you don't really need there's nothing he could do there um other than run like crazy fast but that's not his game anyway he's incredible right so so but but we're used to seeing like you know Lots of four threes with receivers and lots of super fast stuff. Mm-hmm. Um, so didn't see a bunch of that. I thought some of the running backs looked, looked good. Again, sort of a a position that's not as valued so much. But uh, I thought C.J. Stroud looked his his workout was phenomenal. And one of the things that's 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 I mean it's something that not that you're taught, but it's something everybody talks about. You go to the Senior Bowl. And you're not really looking for on that first day, or really even throughout the week, you're not looking for like pinpoint accuracy stuff between the quarterbacks and the receivers, just because they've never played with each other. So there's right. a rapport that you got to build. But what does stand out is the anticipation in which a player throws with, and Stroud's anticipatory throwing is just ridiculous. He's an incredibly accurate thrower of the football. He always has been. So you know. Uh, I thought his workout was incredible. Um, just the th- he didn't do anything other than throw, but th- he doesn't need to necessarily do any anything else. But you know what I mean, like so. It just the accuracy at which he displayed, he, he was great. So I actually have a pushback on that for Stroud, not for what you, yeah. not for most of what you said. He was right, throws the ball great, whatever. We saw in the Michigan and Georgia games this year that Stroud can run. He doesn't run because Ohio State typically wins their games nine million to nothing. Yeah. Well, we saw but, Northwestern too. We can't. We, mm-hmm. can't, we got to keep that one in there because that's that one's a relevant game. Yes. And so you know, I think he has it in him. And when you see him run, there's no question like he could you know outrun some NFL defensive players and whatever. I think his scrambling and rushing is going to be just. He won't be Lamar Jackson by any means, but I think yeah. he's going to be perfectly fine. Well, I mean, he can physically do it. It's just, it's, is it a mat? Is, is it in his comfort zone to do it? And it's still to be determined. But that's not where he, that's not his game. Right. So, you know, um, I think there are places where he could end up that are great places for him. And there are places where it could be a little bit of a rocky start. You know, I think he'll be, a, he'll be a, he'll be a fine NFL quarterback. He should be. There's, there's nothing that really gets in his way. You know, um, but, you know, to be honest, I wouldn't have run if I was him either. After Richardson ran. No, uh, it's it's kind of like the Bryce Young plan. Like, you know, I hope everybody sees through what, what Bryce Young did. Uh, I'm going to weigh 204. I'm I'm filled with, you know, 18 pounds of water. Yeah. Quarters of the pockets. Yeah. And so, <laughs> so I'm going to, you know, at the Alabama Pro Day, I won't weigh, but I'll do all I'll do everything then. And he'll yeah. probably be like in the, you know, about 190 pounds then. And well, he'll, yeah, I, I think we see a lot of that, though, at the combine. I think we see a lot of people trying to game the system for whatever they 
okay. whatever they need. Like yeah. Devin Witherspoon's um, doing it. <laughs> yes. Sure. Uh so Trey Palmer, wide receiver from Nebraska, ran a blazing 40. He did like the three cone. He did like all the straight line speed ones and yeah. none of the strength ones and none of the leaping ones, right? Because he knows that the speed is what's going to get him drafted. So he just wants to put good speed numbers and that's it. Yep. So there is there are some of that. Now, one person who didn't game the system was um, Anthony Richardson, quarterback from Florida, who, in my opinion, should be the number one overall pick. Um, he ran a 4-4-3-40. And if you watch it, he did not run in a straight line. He did not. He took a... He he, it looked a little bit like my golf, like the you know when the golf ball leaves <laughs> my driver face, it turns left. I can't stop it. Uh, he turned a little left. Yeah, um, he. Tommy it, it, did that last year too. Yeah, and now Richardson, that was his first one. He could have ran a second one. He should have. He really sh- he could have put up a, a four three eight probably. Yeah, I think he could have cracked. He could have got real close to four four. But you know, I mean, in the end, his the the athletic testing with him was just ridiculous yes he tested as the most athletic quarterback in the history of the combine narrowly edging out rg3 and dante culpepper yep pretty good just an amazing athlete so then it's you know what is his what is he as a as a passer and you know this is a source of um it frustrates me uh at times that we have these conversations and we have them over and over quarterbacks in their first year of starting uh in college who have been bo- like sub 60% passers mm-hmm. the list is pretty stunning i mean it is like an ugly list yeah uh, i I've, I've got it written down somewhere i don't know where it is but it is um like it's like it's like joe burrow and uh justin herbert and russell wilson and matt stafford and josh allen and there's more like, I mean, it, all of it, this Lamar Jackson, I mean, maybe yeah. not Lamar Jackson, uh, but like all of the studs. And Chad Henney would be on there too, if not for Braylon Edwards. Like sometimes they get bailed out by the great receiver play. They do. When but, they're younger. I mean, Chad Henney was never, we're not going to confuse him with the elite quarterbacks in the NFL. I just named like some right. pretty damn elite quarterbacks who, and their first year in college were sub 60% passers. So like the con it's, I guess it's just the concept that Richardson will never improve as a player because he's 20 and he's a finished player is, is just maddening to me. But yeah. It's just, you know, it is what it is. Yeah. The point I was going to make with Henny is that, well, one, he's a two time Super Bowl champion. Um, but, <laughs> but also <laughs> he was a five-star prospect. Who's an absolute statue. So yeah. he's a five-star prospect simply because of his ability to throw the ball. Yeah. And even he would have been under 60% as a true freshman first-year starter if not for Brillian Edwards just absolutely balling out of control that year and earning himself a top-10 draft pick. So, yes, I'm with you. The issue, though, is that the age does matter. First-year starters as freshmen or sophomores, whereas Richardson's first-year starting was as a junior. And some of this might be on the coaching staff, but the fact that he did not displace Kyle Trask is, I mean, Trask was perfectly fine in college. He was actually pretty good. But if Richardson's supposed to be the first overall pick, you would think that Richardson's the man. Trask, you better transfer to Old Dominion or something. But I don't. So Anthony Richardson is a redshirt sophomore. Yes. I don't know. 
truly that he was at Florida when I could be wrong. Yeah, this was Trask's uh, rookie year, right? No, this is your. This is I want to say his second year. I could be totally wrong on this. We probably should but, Google this. But then who 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 Emory start- Jones? I think Emory Jones was. Oh, you're right. Yeah, you're right. Okay, and I think that was some like some coaching stuff. Yes. Okay. So, um, I was wrong, but in a way that makes my point even stronger. <laughs> oh, no, I mean, Emory Jones yeah. is not going to get drafted in the second no. round. No. No. So, uh, why didn't Richardson? No, but Florida has a history. They didn't give the ball to Damian Pierce. They didn't give the ball to Kadarius Tony with the old coaching staff. So there yeah, is some weirdness there. Yeah, we gotta. Yeah. We kind of have to throw out some of the stuff that happened in Florida. Yeah, but you know, at Michigan, we're used to like Drew Henson moving aside Tom Brady. So, like, if Anthony Richardson's that dude, you think you could move aside Emory Jones, right? You would think. Yeah, you think. No, he did start four or five games as a redshirt freshman. Mm-hmm. He did. So, um, you know, I, I don't know that he did much in those games. I don't know if that was an injury situation to the other dude. I don't, I don't know what the particulars are there, but yeah, it's just more that, I mean, the other, the other players I mentioned too, did start also started some games, you know, in half a season or whatever. It's just, yeah. And their full season as, as starters, these are all, Sub sixty percent passers, completion percentage stuff, yeah. And um, you know, I mean, he, you know, there's some things he has to clean up, obviously, but just relinquishing the concept that he won't work and that he's whatever is to me is just like, come on, you know? Yeah, no, it's it's absurd. He should be the number one overall pick. Um, so I think that's more destination driven. Like, I, I mean, if we're talking upside. If you're drafting for upside, there's no player you would take over. A follow-up question. What yeah. else are you drafting for, especially in the first 10 picks? So, <laughs> Like, well, aren't you trying to drill the Hall of Famers? Absolutely. You have to be. But, I mean, I could see where Bryce Young gives you similar upside. He he is a really good polished quarterback. He is. He's just tiny. Yeah. Um, if, you're, if you're a place like – if you t- if the if Brad Holmes comes out tomorrow and talks about if the Lions end up with CJ Stroud, right? And and the reason why they do it is because they feel like their offensive line is so good that he doesn't need to do all this outside of the structure of of play kind of stuff. Mm-hmm. I get it. I would I would still dislike it because I think there are just, you know, there are a lot of similarities to what you currently have. Yeah. But like you know, um, if he goes to, let's say Richardson or or I'm sorry, Stroud ends up in Las Vegas or Atlanta or Carolina, where you might be dealing with some pressure, then you need to you're going to have to make stuff happen, like right, but maybe not so much in Detroit. Speaking of uh, high upside players, Jake has a question here. He goes, Darnell, Darnell Washington looked great. Is that a first rounder, first tight end off the board? So. Darnell Washington is 6'7, 267. He ran a 46740. Um, and they showed the tight ends pushing the blocking sled, and they all seemed to struggle a little bit, except for Darnell Washington, who basically picked it up and walked down the field. So here's the deal. And it's funny you bring that up, Dave, because that was the most impressive thing he did. I know he ran fast, and I know his agil- the one agility test he he did was just ridiculous, which I did not see coming at all. Like I don't, the, the, the stopwatch had to have 
failed <laughs> when he did that test. But the core strength on display for him to be able to take the big long strides he was taking um, as he's moving the sled and and then have the sled not turn like where a lot of the other guys either they moved the sled a few yards and stopped or the sled turned and the sled turns because you don't have the core strength to hold to hold the sled straight as mm-hmm. you're lifting a foot off the ground and he was doing it but taking these really long strides and it's just like yeah that's po- that is just functional power for days with him yeah he should be a first round pick um the reason why he should be a first round pick is because he's going to come in and be a high level blocker immediately and even if he takes the normal tight end route of it taking a little time to to be super effective as a pass catcher he still is like an extra tackle for you so i mean i think he is um i can understand why some teams might not want to take a tight end in round one even though the past failures shouldn't dictate making a really smart pick in the future um but I'm not going to argue with Lions fans about tight ends or quarterbacks. I'm just not going to do it. Yeah, uh, the Lions, bad teams don't should not take tight ends in the first round um, or mediocre teams. A team that I think would be great for Darnell Washington is the Eagles at 30th. That would be great. I could they see could Cincinnati bunch of, yeah, bunch of 12, yeah, a bunch of 12 personnel, Washington, yeah. Goddard, A.J. Brown, Devontae Smith, whatever running back they get. And Good luck defenses. Go. Right. Yeah. Yeah. So that'd be that'd be a good fit there. So yeah, we'll talk more about the prospects as we get into the draft preview sort of stuff. Um, if you like what you're hearing here, be sure to follow Scott on Twitter. He's always firing out these interesting nuggets like that and uh links to other places where he discusses discusses the draft, sometimes with the Detroit Lions focus, but honestly, I even like listening to uh teams team specific podcasts for other teams for the draft just to get a sense of what they're doing. So even for non-Lions fans listening about what the Lions are thinking, especially with two picks in the first round, could just help you get a sense of the board for wherever your team is is drafting. Um, Okay, so before we get into the uh, division previews, we do have a couple things we have to touch on. Um, In reverse order of importance, to my mind, number one, Derek Carr signs with the Saints. Four years, $150 million, $100 million guaranteed. To me, this makes the Saints now a solid favorite in the NFC South, but there's a lot of offseason to go. Yeah, but as of right now, the Saints made the first move, and now they are the team to be chasing in the uh, NFC South. Uh, what did you think of that deal? Well, I mean, it's a good deal. It's fine. It's the the price of you know paying a, a middling quarterback, which is insane. I think it's a great thing for Jawan Johnson and Chris Olave. It's great for Olave. Yeah, it is, and Jawan Johnson too. I mean, I've always thought of him as like Darren Waller. Right. So to me, that's what I, I see when he plays, when I watch him play. Mm-hmm. Um, it's a, you know, I think it's uh it's a smart signing by them. It's a, it's a, I don't know what they're going to do with their cap situation. I don't know what they're going to do. Um, I don't know what they like. I know we did this last week, but I'm, I don't remember it, what their draft, like how many picks they have and that kind of stuff. But Derek Carr is a fine quarterback. It's, you know, it's a lot of money, but you know, if you're, if you're a, a reasonable quarterback, you're going to get paid a lot of money. And See that's Daniel Jones. Exactly. So we got Danny Dimes resigns with the New York Giants. Four years, $160 million deal, $94 million guaranteed. So while it's $10 million more than Carr, it's $6 million less in guarantees. So yeah. 
give me cars deal first and foremost. So um, the, are we viewing that as like a three year, $94 million deal with the option to move away at that point? Yes. Cause I think, I think they said like 92 of it's in the first two years or something. 82, 82 of it's in the first yeah, two I years. I saw that for sure. Yeah. So I suppose if 82 is in the first two years and you only guaranteed 94, you could, you can get away after two years. You could, you wow. could for sure. Um, but my question is, can the Giants compete long-term in the NFC East with Danny Dimes at quarterback up against Jalen Hurts and Dak Prescott? Um, They need to get him weapons. They need to get him some help. I think so, though. I think you have you have a couple of good tackles there. Um, I know that they tagged Barkley, so you're going to have Barkley for one more year. They have a reasonable defense. Yeah, I, I mean, I think they can. Dallas really needs to figure it out. Like I, you know, Dallas really needs to figure it out, and I'm not sure they're gonna. Uh, yeah. So the thing is, is that they're the one area where the Giants have a huge lead over the Cowboys is in coaching. Yes. Br- Brian Dayball is. I would even a say own, coach. and ownering too. Uh, yes, but I think those are related. I think Jerry Jones has to keep hiring these like brain dead coaches because uh, like a real coach won't put up with this nonsense. Um, and, and the whole GM concept, like who are you taking? Who are you drafting? What are you doing? Yeah. You know? And so, well, I think the Cowboys as a team, and they're going to lose Dalton Schultz, I think in free agency, yeah. but CD lamb is better than any receiver. The giants have or could possibly add this year. Yep. Tony Pollard and Saquon Barkley is a push close. Sure. Right. Close. What if DeAndre Hopkins ends up in in New York for for it's, you know two or three years? It's what his age thirty two season this year. I don't like. Yeah, I don't know I'm not. I mean, the, Nuke is great. Don't get me wrong. He'd be yeah. a lot better than the shambling corpse of Kenny Galladay. But <laughs> I don't. I I don't really think that really that really does it. There's nobody available yet, either as a free agent or um, who's being talked about to be traded like Nuke. That yeah. Is as good as CD Lamb, right? The top three agents are like Alan Lazard, Jacoby Myers. Yeah, no, I'm, I'm with you. I, I, there's CD Lamb's awesome. Yes, he, the he Giants, phenomenal the, receiver. Right, the Giants have a good defense. They don't have anybody as good as Micah Parsons. No, right. So the Cowboys should be well ahead. The Eagles, obviously, the Eagles are a complete team for the next couple of years. Yeah. Um, the Cowboys should be ahead after this year. We're going to get to this, but after this year, they're going to have a new coach, most likely. Yeah. <laughs> And so if they hire the right coach with this team, they could easily leapfrog a team with, with Danny Dimes. That's the only thing I'm concerned about with the Giants for that. But, you know, unless they're going to make a huge splash, try to make a move for Lamar or something like that, which we're about to talk about, I think resigning Dimes is probably the right thing to do. For where they are, I think it is too. And, I, I you know, honestly, uh, if the Cowboys don't give Dak some help, they're in trouble. They just are. I mean, I mean, CD's awesome. He's a really yeah. good receiver. But, you know, you, Pollard's a great football player, and you tagged him. But the Zeke Elliott contract is just an albatross to them. Especially because they made him get rid of Amari Cooper. Yeah. So, I mean, you need – and this is the problem, is that if you're not – if the Cowboys aren't stumbling into, like, Jackson Smith and Jigbo, who'd be perfect there, um, I don't know who you're going to – Get, I mean, Quentin Johnston's going to be long gone. Who are you getting in the draft? Also, I don't think Quentin Johnston might be that good. He may not be, but he's a big physical presence. 
and he's a, and he's just somebody that I think Dak would would make work. But that's the thing is that you need to get Dak working, and yeah. he has not for the last couple of years. Yes. He doesn't look like the same guy. Yeah. Um. And we'll get to the Cowboys here later in the show and like their draft class and stuff like that to discuss some of the things they can do going forward. Now, the big, big news today, the huge news today, especially here, uh, because while I do live right outside Washington, D.C., the city of Baltimore is only 26 miles away. So it's all kind of everything all all at once here. Uh, Lamar Jackson was hit with the franchise tag. The Ravens gave him the non-exclusive franchise tag, which means they're going to pay him $32 million this year. But more importantly, that means that other teams can negotiate with Lamar Jackson. And if he signs with another team, the Ravens either have to match that offer or they will get two first-round picks from that team. Yes, and they have to be their original. So a team that is making an offer has to have their original picks either in 20 – if it's pre-draft, it has to be your original picks in 2023 and 2024. Mm-hmm. So let's say the Lions did it. They would be giving up pick 18 – and their 2024 first, they would be keeping pick six right. because it's not their original. Or if it's after the draft, you'd have to have your, your original picks in 2024 and 2025. So, you know, but to me, it seems like it's such a cheap price to pl- to pay. For- well, uh, yes. And so I was going to say, especially compared to Deshaun Watson, Deshaun Watson got that huge contract, you know, 250 million fully guaranteed, broke the market. That's what's leading to all this consternation. But um, the top of that, they had to trade three first round picks to get him. Yes. So this is part of what's driving me so crazy about the Ravens. Like if you pay him the exact same contract that Watson got, you're still saving three first round picks. Yeah. So I, you're getting a steal. I don't think Baltimore has any interest in keeping Lamar Jackson. I really don't. And I think that, okay. I think, I know that maybe that sounds a little nuts, but, um, you have opened the door for him to negotiate with other teams. The price that you're paying that other teams have to pay is you just showed it is literally it's a, it's one third off from what, from what Deshaun Watson got. Yeah. Right. And it just seems like this is, this is a way for them to save a little bit of face and um, to just kind of move away from him. But there's also something else that happened that, makes me think that that's what's happening. The comments from Eric DaCosta at the combine about current players on their roster, mm-hmm. um, specifically the comments about the receivers not being very good and how Rashad Bateman and others took that and got real pissed about it. Oh, yeah. I think, honestly, I think if, if you look at the psychology of why somebody would do something like that, that is something that you would do if you really wanted to continue to push your quarterback out the door. And maybe that's maybe that's just trying to connect too much. Um, but Rashad Bateman's a really good player. He is. And I, he was hurt last year. So the issues are not necessarily about whether Rashad Bateman's good or bad. It's more just it's more about, you know, Lamar Jackson is obviously miffed about the entire situation. And about the guaranteed money and all these things. And you hear the the rumblings that he doesn't really want to be there either. Um, but, it, you know, obviously, if you pay him a, a Watson kind of a contract, then then he stays. But, but I do think that there's an element of we want to make it seem like things are really bad here because we really don't want Lamar Jackson back here. 
So I think I think that might be a little too much 3D chess for the typical <laughs> NFL GM. Um, I just it you know watching hard knocks and whatever it doesn't strike me as the group of people that's going to think that deeply about things, especially on like a human psychology level. Yeah. Right. Um. So I mean I can see where you're coming from, but I because from this action itself, the not exclusive tag itself, I actually read it the opposite way. I think that the Ravens are convinced that no one will offer Lamar the Deshaun Watson contract. And once, and once he sees that nobody will offer it, now it's like, see, we were always offering you fair, the fair, best, top dollar. Now we're going to increase it another 5%. Yeah. Sign with us. Right? Like If you're colluding it, with the other owners in the NFL, that is something that you could do. And the thing is, too, the collusion could be soft because we know every owner besides Jimmy Haslam, the owner of the Browns, is extremely pissed off about the Deshaun Watson contract. Yep. Yeah. So, yeah. So you don't even need to, you don't even really need to say it. You could just, you could just go around the owner meetings and be like, hey, aren't you really mad at Jimmy? <laughs> you know sure. what I mean? Like, and yeah, if we look at Daniel Jones getting 160 and, whatever car got and Geno Smith getting his 105 million for three years. Yep. There's no, it's difficult to see a scenario in which Lamar Jackson, Jackson shouldn't outpace all of those deals. Yes. Significantly. And I don't think the Ravens are willing to even go there, but I think they're gambling that nobody is that they're, they're gambling. The Watson contract was an outlier. Nobody else will do it again. And that the, Offers that come in for Lamar are going to be in line with what the Ravens are offering anyways. So the Ravens can just match the offer or continue to negotiate with Lamar on those terms being like, look, we, we are letting the market speak. You are I, not you getting 250 full against Let's dismiss everything I said. I agree with you what, with what you're saying, because it's like they're they're allowing everybody else to do the work mm-hmm. and and present their, you know, hey, this is our completed product. This is what the league thinks of you, Lamar. This is what they're offering. We'll match that. But this is why we've taken the position we have as long as we have. Yeah. Now, I'll, I'll go ahead. That change, sorry. That, quick. That just changes if if some team decides, you know, if the Lions decide they want to jump in on this, they should. They should, uh, but they're not going to. They're not going to, but I think you could get you can get pretty nice compensation from Jared Goff today. He's two years. At, uh, he has two years, one at just under 31 million, one at just under 32. He's a bargain for the next two years. Yes. He is. Um, if the Lions could get a first round pick for Jared Goff and essentially give up, I mean, in the in the two trades, you'd be giving up pick 18 and next year's first, but you'd be getting one of those back. Would you give up Jared Goff and pick 18 for Lamar Jackson? Knowing yes. that you're going to essentially sign those guys to the same kind of deal. Well, truthfully, like all but like 10 teams should probably yeah. be trying to sign Lamar Jackson. Um, and even then, I was thinking about this um, on, you know, like the walk out of the out of the building for work. I would think about if I were Jacksonville, like I would seriously think about signing Lamar and flipping Lawrence for the picks. I wasn't going to get back like, oh, yeah, like. I would really consider it. I don't think I would do it, but I would like sit down, make a pros and cons list, talk to my staff. Like I really, 
go through it as Jacksonville, which means the teams that should not be doing it are Kansas City, Buffalo, Cincinnati. Right. There's only a few that yeah, really should not. There's only a few that shouldn't be doing this. Yeah. Yes. Um, now, I'm going to go in reverse order of the chat here. Ben says um, it's not that complicated. They found a good middle space where they're good, whether Lamar stays or goes. I think that's always been the case. They want Lamar for what they think is the right price. They don't Correct. want to overpay. And Lamar wants to be paid market value. Right. And he and Lamar thinks his market value is more than the Ravens are offering. So the Ravens yeah. are going to gamble and be like, nobody's going to give you what you're looking for. Which brings me to Jake's comment here. Jake says, I think the Ravens, who have never really been a desperate team, are really underestimating what desperate teams will do. Carolina, Indy, Atlanta, Houston are thirsty. And he didn't even he didn't even mention my number one team for this, the Las Vegas Raiders. Yeah. I think the Raiders. Well, that's a perfect fit. <laughs> and Lamar Jackson is a Raider. Speed, yeah. flash. Oh, yeah. yeah. Right. I mean, he he fits what the Raiders are all about and have always been about. So I can definitely see um the Raiders coming in for him too. Another team that should, but it said they're not going to, at least according to reporting from Dan Rossini, is the Atlanta Falcons. Yeah. That's a no-brainer. It really is. And it, so, and then this is for me, this, this will be the last I'll say on it. Yeah. If you're the general manager of the Atlanta Falcons, you don't have a quarterback and you don't bother to pick up the phone to call him to see, we have no idea what his demands are. We don't know. We know his demands with the Ravens were whatever they were, but is he willing to soften that a touch to, to leave Baltimore? Maybe. So, like, the idea that the, the Falcons wouldn't even bother is almost fireable. Like, yes, you don't have a quarterback. Right. He's a former MVP. He's 26. Yeah. Yes, you have to pay him, but you have tons of space. And your division is garbage. Yes. Like, you, so, can, you can turn that around so fast. Because Lamar, like, the Saints are locked into car now. Lamar, way better. The Bucks, Jimmy G ceiling, like... What are they going to do? Yeah, and then the Panthers—they could draft a rookie, but they have to trade up a lot to get one they want, or they're going to be stuck with Will Levis. Like yeah. Lamar just crushes all the way through that division immediately. It, it's like having Farvard Rogers in the NFC North all those years. Yep. it's a no-brainer for Atlanta to do this, and the fact that they're already ruling it out is nuts. It, it's fishy. Okay, so. Um, we are going to transition here into the Eastern Division reviews. Yeah. Uh, let me go ahead. Uh, producing the show while we do the show. Let me get this pulled up here. As always, I've made my um I'm gonna be very brief with my commentary this evening. <laughs> well, probably better for you. Luckily, when we're talking about the Eastern Divisions, you know, there's not uh there's not a lot that we have to discuss here. So yeah. uh as you can see, my very professional document that I make. Uh, would you believe this document though does take me like three hours a week? And it still it still looks like this. Yeah, but I mean, he just got there. That's pretty well done. Oh, thanks. Yeah. So, uh, so in the fourth, so fourth place in the NFC East, we had uh, the Washington Commanders. Uh, apparently, my local team and the Cleves local team, although nobody like ever talks about them, um, unless they're making fun of Dan Snyder. They go eight, eight, and one and finish fourth in the NFC East. If you all recall. There was a stretch where it looked like all four of these teams might make the postseason. Yeah. It was possible. Um, the 2022 Vegas win total was eight. Cleve predicted three wins. 
which feels spiritually correct. I would, you know, I was along. <laughs> I remember when he made that that selection, and I, and I somewhat agreed with him. Yeah, like this team won eight games, but also they sucked. Yeah, so yeah, yeah. So I feel like Cleve was a bit was a bit closer there. Now, um, during the season, they started with Carson Wentz. They went two and four. They then switched to Taylor Heineke and went five, three, and one. So then, of course, with the season on the line in Week Seventeen, they go back to Wentz, who plays terrible. They lose season over. And if you remember, Ron Rivera did not know the team could be eliminated that week. Oh, we're out of the playoffs this week. Well, shit. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. Had, no clue that if the Packers won that week, they'd be they'd be That's eliminated. Amazing. Um, going into the offseason, they have ten million dollars in cap room. They have the sixteenth overall pick and three in the top one hundred. Now, for questions, what do they do at the quarterback position? Are they really going to roll with Sam Howell? Um, I think you have to this year. I, I mean, I really unless you're unless you're moving, uh, you're, you're coming up for a player like Levis. Um, I think the other players, the, the other three will somewhat be spoken for. Um, you know, Howell was, Howell can play. He can. Now he, he you need to run with him mm-hmm. and, you know, and give him that component of, of his game. But, uh, I don't think it's the worst thing in the world for them to play, to, to, to kind of roll that way. There's somebody else that the commanders could go after. Uh, Jimmy Garoppolo? No, no. And he might not even need to move houses. He might not even need to move houses. Lamar Jackson. They've already said they're out. Really? Yes. Fireable. I'm I'm pretty sure Washington has said that they are out. Again, I could be wrong. Why would you? I don't know. You literally need to compete with Jalen Hurts. Yeah. What? Yeah. No, I'm I, I it's it's amazing. I'm looking. Like all these teams that are out cannot all have plans to get Bryce Young. <laughs> I know. There's only so many quarterbacks uh in the draft. Right. Like Houston and Indy are going to get the two that they want. Which will be some combination of Young, Stroud, and Richardson which means you're going to be stuck with Levis 50% of the time and then either most likely Stroud or Richardson. So Ryan Fowler from the Draft Network. When it comes to the commanders and Lamar Jackson, I wouldn't hold your breath on us in that race, a source told him. Uh, looks Looks like Washington is on the outside looking in on this one. The only thing I can think of is that these teams have decided that they kind of know that some other team is going to offer a unicorn contract and they're just never going to do that. So they're yeah. not even going to be in it. Yeah. That's the only way that can be reasonably interpret interpreted. Yeah. Because why else would you not? And even then I'd still fire an offer at him. I, I mean, what's the problem with having a conversation? You don't need to make an offer, right? Hey, are you interested in coming to Washington to play for us? No. Hey, good talk. See ya. You know, I mean, <laughs> it's like, it's not that complicated to, to, to do your job. Right. Yeah. You know, so, like, well, apparently, apparently, uh, Lamar is not coming, to, not coming to the district. Uh, final question for Washington this year: Does the entire organization realize that Eric Bieniemy is actually the head coach? I do not believe that that's the case. 
uh, that they realize it or that he's the head coach? No, I don't believe that they realize. Because <laughs> he's definitely the head coach, right? He is. He has taken over. Yeah, Ron Rivera is one hundred percent retiring in the next season, and he's just going to be the coach. And we'll and we'll see what what it looks like this year. It could it has the makings of it being a little bit interesting. Yes. Yeah. 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 This feels like um, we're like the king's younger brother is obviously a much better ruler. <laughs> <laughs> and they're like, well, we'd love to get the younger brother on the throne. <laughs> There's only one way to do that. Sorry, Coach Ron. Yeah, yeah. Um, so, yeah, the, the for Washington, they got to settle that quarterback position first and foremost. I guess they could just try Sam Howell and tank for Caleb Williams. <laughs> I mean, they could, but, but, you know, Sam Howell was a fine – you know, uh, middle of the road college prospect. He he does things really well. He runs the ball extremely well. He has amazing contact balance, so he's very hard to tackle. I'm not I'm not knocking Sam Howell so much as I'm knocking making the decision to roll with Sam Howell in March. <laughs> but I mean, if you are one of the teams kind of left holding the bag, what else? What else are you going to do? You're going to bring Teddy Bridgewater in to compete with Sam Howell, kind of thing, like. Why would you do that? Why would you? Why would you? Teddy Bridgewater is not winning you anything. At least Howell, Howell has an unknown uh, upside, downside. Whatever, it's unknown. You don't know what it is. You don't know what it is until you find it out. I wonder. I wonder if the Commanders were um, undone by the Brock Purdy injury. I wonder if they were all set to fire a second and a fourth for Lance. And now they can't because Lance is going to be the starter in San Francisco again. Yeah. All right. Third place team. Oh, sorry. We go the draft, the draft. So for the draft for the commanders, um, I've almost said their old name like six times. I gotcha. <laughs> but I keep catching myself um, because that name is terrible. Yeah. Um, so with the 16th overall pick, they took Jahan Dotson, wide receiver from Penn State, who looks decent. He got hurt. I think I'm he not- awesome. Yeah, I I still don't like the pick for them. I don't think Jahan Dotson was a good pick in the first round, but he is proving to be better than I thought he was as a prospect. But if you look at some of the picks that went after him, I think they could have been a lot more useful for, for the commanders. Um, yes, I, I think I like I'm as you say that I, I liked him a lot more than you did. You did. But regardless, yeah. it's all good. Yep. Um Fedarian Matt, the second round, Brian Robinson Jr., third round, kind of just a guy, but he's useful enough at running back. Yeah. Um, Sam Howell in the fifth round, we've touched on him. After that, I don't think any of these people really played. Anybody else on this list besides Dotson and Howell do anything last year? I want to say Cole Turner may have played. He 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 did get some snaps. Um, yeah. I remember playing him at some showdown on DraftKings, but I don't think he did anything. Yeah, I'm not sure he was like a target guy, but, yeah. you know. Yeah. All right. Third place team in the NFC East. The New York Giants. Uh, if you're if you're watching on YouTube, the picture here of Danny Dimes is him falling on the 80-yard run. Yeah. <laughs> when the turf monster got him. He is uh, remarkably athletic. I will tell I will give that to him. Yes, he is a he is a decent athlete. Um nine seven to one, third of the NFC East. They lost in the divisional round to the Eagles. That means they had to win the wild card round. They won at Minnesota in the wild card round. 
2022 Vegas win total was seven. Cleve said four wins. Now, this is just a miss for Cleve. The Giants yeah. were not terrible. No. Yeah. No. Um, they came in, you know, two over the Vegas total and five over Cleve's total. But I thought the Giants were going to be pretty bad this year, too. So I can't really not Cleve too much. I would have been more like the five or six range. But, yeah. you know. Um, this is a, an example of a, a well-coached team being able to overcome its limitations. Yes. So new head coach Brian Dayball won coach of the year. The Giants won nine, nine games while playing with literal dust at wide receiver. <laughs> it's true. <laughs> they rolled out, as I mentioned, the shambling courts of Kenny Galladay, Darius Slayton, Isaiah Hodgins, Richie James, Daniel Bellinger, Lawrence Cager, Wandale Robinson. Wandale Robinson for two games. For a, yeah, for like four plays. Right. And won nine games. Yep. There are XFL teams with better receiving rooms. There are. Yeah, because one has Josh Gordon. Yeah, uh, I was going to say that. Which, by the way, if you're not watching the XFL, catch a Seattle Sea Dragons game because these Division three corners cannot cover Josh Gordon. It is incredible to watch. He, he looks like Calvin Johnson out there. Yeah. Um, yeah. So Saquon came back healthy this year, stayed healthy, and is he was healthy. a huge component of their success this year. Yes. He just was. And, it, yeah, I mean, you beat, you beat Minnesota on the road in the playoffs. Yeah. Very impressive win. Yep. They have $42 million in cap room. Now, this is into the offseason, so I don't know how much of that dime's just got in his contract. But um, It's gone because they tagged Barkley, which is $10.09 oh, yeah. million. So yep. cap room gone. <laughs> yeah, so it was $42 million when the offseason started. Uh, draft capital, they have the 25th overall and four in the top 100. So they could have a few pulls at wide receiver. Because <laughs> um, I have to ass- – yeah, I have to assume that wide receivers in the cards for them. Yeah. If not multiple times. Um, yeah. Yeah. Questions questions for the Giants. How do they proceed with Daniel Jones? Uh, well, we found that out. Four years, $160 million, long-term deal. How how do they process? How do they proceed with Saquon? Found out at the same time. They take Saquon Barkley for this year. Next question is, with a weak wide receiver free agent in draft class, how do they get better at the wide receiver position? Uh, I know you have a rookie Daniel Bellinger last year. Is there a tight end who might be in the cards who might help you as a yeah. pass catcher? Yeah. The problem though, is that we've already seen this from the Ravens and they're doing it with Mark Andrews and it still isn't enough. Yeah. Right. You can't just roll out your tight end. Your receivers still have to be at least Juju Smith-Schuster, Marquez Valdez-Scantling, right? You have to have. Yeah, if you have Mahomes, something. sure. Yeah. Right. You have to have something. And so I don't think – like, let's say that they go and get Dalton Kincaid, and he's a literally Mark Andrews. Well, now yeah. they're the Ravens with dimes instead of Lamar Jackson. Yeah. They need receivers. They um, do, and they need a big – like, they need a big outside receiver. Wandale's a slot. Yep. Um, You have tight ends. You have – Isaiah Hodgins actually looked at times pretty serviceable. Yeah, I, I I like to say Hodgins is a prospect. I think he's going to stick as a decent number three, but yeah, yeah, not your number one. No, uh, they, need, they need somebody to be their number one. Yeah, Richie James is a slot. Darius Slayton is a free agent, but he's not 
great anyways. Yeah. Um, so it's just they're in a weird spot because by 25th, Smith and Jigba will be gone. Quentin Johnson will be gone. They're looking at maybe Zay Flowers, but he's a diminutive. So um, here's a good question from Ben. He says, with all the talk of replaceabilities uh, um, of running backs, how does it look putting a franchise tag on one? Well, putting the tag on is part of the reason why they're so replaceable. Now they're going to get one more year out of Saquon at a reasonable cost. Well, and then let it hit the market. Is, uh, Baltimore. They're allowing other teams to negotiate with Saquon. Oh, yeah. It's a non-exclusive. Yeah. Um, yeah. So, you know, um, it's just uh, it's a very inefficient way to get production out of that position. Just is. Yeah. Um, yeah. The running back position, you just write him as much as you can and then let him go. Right. The Le'Veon Bell. <laughs> that's that's the way to treat to treat running backs now. Draft class for the Giants, solid. So first they had a billion picks. So it's good they got a few of them here. Uh, yeah. Fifth overall, Kayvon Thibodeau. Seventh overall, Evan Neal. Both smashes. Yep. Just well done. <laughs> um, yep. Couldn't ask for more out of two top ten picks. Uh, maybe the Jets. We'll get to the Jets. The Jets did better with two top ten picks. But both New York teams killed it this year. Um Second round, Wandale Robinson, small. I didn't think he was that great of a prospect, but did flash some decent slot receiver ability before tearing his ACL. Should be back for the start of the season. Yep, he looked good. Yep. Uh, Daniel Bellinger, we mentioned in the fourth round, he looks like at least a serviceable tight end. He, I think he's a legit number one starting tight end. So what mm. I mean by that is, uh, you know, on the edge of like a top 12, producing tight end okay okay um the rest of the list nobody jumps out i thought i saw micah mcfadden pop up for a minute playing linebacker for them but that's yeah, it yeah i don't yeah yep but but when you just absolutely smashed Thibodeau and evan neal like that that's that's nice it is it makes things Se- easy Second place team in the NFC East, the Dallas Cowboys, yep. who finished 12 and five, second in the NFC East, lost in the divisional round to San Francisco after beating uh, Tampa and sending Tom Brady packing in yep. the wild card round. Um, Vegas win total was 10. Cleve said 11. Cleve was right. He took the over, he was there. So Cleve did get the Cowboys, uh, did the Cowboys right. Now, the season Pollard. Finally took over for Zeke. Thank God. Yes. Um, and we saw that too. They franchise tank Pollard. Zeke is probably going to take a pay cut or he's going to get cut. Um, and they should. He should be the highest, uh, second highest paid fullback in football, in my opinion, behind Kyle Juszczyk. Um Dak got hurt early in the year, like in the second game. Cooper Rush played well, went four and one. Now, I went back through the Cowboys season this year. Because I remember the end of the season being so pessimistic, but they were twelve and five and won a playoff game. Yeah. So Dallas was ten and three going to Jacksonville. They blew a twenty-seven to ten third quarter lead, and Dak threw a pick six in overtime. And after that, the vibes on the season were completely different. Yes. Uh, dare I say, a mentally weak franchise. Yes, but I also think that stems from 
what they do on offense and the lack of confidence in what they're doing on offense. Now, is that a Kellen Moore thing? Is it a Dak thing? You know what I mean? Is it is it uh, them understanding that if C.D. Lamb gets shut down, we have nobody else? Right. There's just there's a lot. They need help. They need help on offense. Yeah, I I think it's a Mike McCarthy thing, just because he's seen it from McCarthy in, in Green Bay as well. Yeah. So we'll we'll see there. But yeah, they just fell apart after this. Like everybody was screaming and yelling, and everybody was mad, and Dak can't take care of the ball. It's like you guys are ten and four. You had one bad loss on the road. Every team's going to have that. Yeah. 10 and, and 4. They, like not. Yeah, and they and they just melted. They did. They uh, did and it's and it just it you're right though. I mean as as well as they played and even with the record it it surprises me looking at the record with his with the way I think about them, which is a team in a lot of trouble. They were 12 and 5. Yeah. Yeah, they were good. Yeah. Um no. Ben, ben with a good question here. He says, where's Zeke going if he gets cut? What's the market for him? Well, I think the Memphis showboats are in need of a running back. So Whole Foods. Whole Foods market. <laughs> Zeke is not working at a Whole Foods. Have you seen you Zeke? <laughs> no. No. Zeke is not going to Whole Foods. There is <laughs> zero chance. Zeke's going to get the he, job at Jollibee's. He shouldn't be. He shouldn't be uh, paid the level to which he's paid, which is pre- – it's kind of like what's, he's what's, in the way. What's the market for Zeke? I don't know. Did the Toronto Argonauts need a tight end? <laughs> like, a, a busted tight end? Yeah. Um, no, in all seriousness, somebody would sign Zeke, and they'd sign up for way too much money to fulfill like a very specific role on the team. Um Miami? No, they're too smart. Yeah, and I don't think Zeke would run that outside zone stuff, that wide zone stuff that they that they like to run. Um, I'm not sure he fits there, but there, I mean, there are places where he would fit. Yeah, sure. I, he he's still, I think, a great running back. Yeah, within four yards of the line of scrimmage. Sure, sure. If you get down inside the five, Zeke, I think, is as likely to punch in the end zone as anybody besides maybe Derrick Henry. Yes. So he has a skill. Um, yeah. It's just not worth sixteen million dollars a year. No. Uh, cap room. They have negative ten million dollars coming into the offseason. Draft capital twenty six overall, three in the top one hundred. Now they tagged Pollard, which took this off the board for me. But I thought this was going to be a strong Bijan option. Yeah. Yeah, and uh, Pollard's really good. Um, and the way I've kind of viewed the running backs thing is it's the most inefficient way is to is to overpay current aging running backs. Mm-hmm. The next least efficient way is to draft a running back early. And the, the most efficient way is to draft, you know, somebody in round three or four and let them tote the rock for three or four years and move on. Yep. Um, That's the way to like, do it. You know, Dallas has chosen to go most inefficient, but um, I don't blame them. Pollard's a really good football player. And Pollard Pollard has value too. If the wheels fall off for Dallas this year, they can move Pollard for some decent capital, I think, to a contending team. Like, could you imagine the Cowboys are like three and seven for so, or that's too, too, they're like three and four 
or two and five, and they just ship Pollard to the Chiefs for like a first and a third. Yeah, good luck. <laughs> like that's the dream for them, right? So yeah. either he's an important part of a Super Bowl contending team, or he's a valuable trading piece this season to begin building again. Um, how do they improve the wide receiver room? We touched um, on that a little bit earlier, but you know, I mean, they do have they do have some intriguing players. I don't know what Cincinnati would give up. Like, what would Cincinnati give up for uh, Tyron Smith right now? Um, and I don't know how the money would work, but if you're Cincinnati and you're and you're making a play for like Tyron Smith and Dalton Schultz, um. And maybe maybe Dallas gives up their first round pick. Would T. Higgins go back the other way? No, I don't think so. No, but you know, um, outside of be, like getting super creative with trying to find you know legit number one, number two, I don't know. I don't know that that's there. I think they're going to sign DJ Shark and try to draft somebody and call it a day, and it's not going to work. It ain't going to work. Not going to yeah. work. No. Um. And so then that leads to my follow-up question. Who will be their head coach in 2024? I I don't know. Because McCarthy's absolutely fired after this year. Yeah. So, yep. um, yeah, we should be, like, throughout the season, constantly keep an eye out for these, like, young coordinators who could possibly take over for the Cowboys. Ben Johnson. Yeah. That's pretty sharp. That? Yeah, that's a pretty good. That's a pretty good, pretty good call right there. Uh, Cowboys draft first round, 24th overall pick Tyler Smith out of Tulsa smash. He was great. Yes. Uh, second round, Sam Williams linebacker, Ole Miss. I completely forgot he existed. So yeah, that seems like a bad, bad sign. Maybe he might've been hurt. Like it's too early to like, unless somebody's really great or they've just been proven to be really terrible, which is hard after one year. Yeah. But like, Second round pick, you kind of want to see him pop up at some point doing something, right? Bit. Flash um, here or there, yeah. Jalen yeah. Tolbert, same thing. He didn't flash. Uh, Jalen Tolbert sucks. I'm I'm confident like now him. to say, like, I liked him as a prospect too, but he had a lot of red flags. Four year player, small school, late breakout age. Yeah, huge red flags, and then does not do anything in a situation where he's absolutely needed. Yes, literally nothing. We're talk. We are talking like wide receiver Zach Wilson here, right? Like, like the same red flags, but at the wide receiver position, and like couldn't do anything. That's why I'm confident that like it's not going to happen for him already. Now, of course, there's a chance that he's fine. He was dealing with a high ankle sprain. There's something like that, but all the red flags added up, and then he does not produce. It is getting late early. Stacked against him. That's for sure. Yes. Yes, and that was a pick they could not afford to miss. Yeah. That had to hit for them. Um, fourth round, Jake Ferguson tied down to Wisconsin. That was a hit. Yeah. He could play. Yep. Um, looking down the rest of this list, uh, Jerron Bland, the corner in the fifth round, he's a player. Yeah. He's playing for them already. Um, did Clark hurt all year? I Go think ahead. so. Yeah. Um, and then John Ridgway, Devin Harper, who knows, but they're fifth and sixth round defensive players. Yeah. Who knows? Yeah. Um, so decent pick because Tyler Smith was great and Deron Bland in the fifth is a player. Jake Ferguson was a good hit, but missing on Tolbert, 
and then using your second round pick on a linebacker who, as far as we know, hasn't done anything, but that could have been a wide receiver instead. Yeah, could have been. Yeah, that's that's pretty brutal. And that means that the winner of the NFC East, your Super Bowl yeah. runner-ups. Not a lot to talk about here. No, the Philadelphia Eagles, um, 14-3, first in the NFC East, lost Super Bowl to the officials. I mean to Kansas City. Um, <laughs> sorry, was that a little snarky? No, you're good. Um, Vegas win total, 9.5, Cleve, 9. So while Cleve was blind in line with Vegas, both were wrong about the Eagles. 14 yeah. wins, smashed it. Uh, steamrolled all season long. Slowed down a bit when Hurts was injured. Best team in the NFC by a mile. Cap room, only $5 million. Draft capital, 10th and 30th overall for yeah. the top 100. Yeah, they should be able to retool. Yeah, they, they really should. I mean, this team... I think the Eagles were the best team in the league last year. Yeah, I do too. Yeah, Chiefs are champions, and they're deserving champions, and they were a very good team. Um, they're not some like 10-7 and seven wild card, got hot at the right time. The Chiefs are very deserving champions. They're excellent. But just top to bottom, whole thing, I think the Eagles were the best team, and I think they're set up to keep it up for a couple of years here. Yeah. Yeah, and then when it drops off, it's really going to drop off because of how much – how old they are up front on defense, you know, there, there's, there are going to be some issues. Well, you could note my second note here. They could use some youth on defense. They could. <laughs> so we're, we're in lockstep with that one. Yeah. Brandon Graham is 74 and Dominic and Sue is 112. Um, good. They had some other like super old guy up front. They, they brought in off the street too, right? Javon Hargrave. Was that one of them? Um, no, you're right. They, uh, yeah, they signed Sue and another one at the same time. It wasn't Geno Atkins, was it? No, no, uh, but it might as well have been. Wonder who it was. Um, oh, it's gonna drive me crazy, but whoever it was, um, some old dusty defensive tackle. So they could, you know, they do need to get younger on defense, uh, here quite a bit. And the other question is, how much money is uh, Jalen Hurts about to make? A ton. Do you think he's waiting to see what Lamar gets and he's going to ask for more? Yeah, I would think that would be the reasonable thing. to. to the, it's the reasonable way to look at it. Do you think Jalen Hurts should be paid more than Lamar Jackson? I don't know that's tough because the, the situations are so different. I don't think Baltimore's done, done Lamar Jackson any favors, um, both in uh, – just general tone and demeanor and also the, the offensive structure. Mm-hmm. Like he, he ran a very um, pro style offense at Louisville. And then, and now they put together a, you know, what is not all that much, all that, you know, they've really made it, they've really simplified things. And I think that in some ways that hurts what they do overall, it caps yes. everything. They, they, Lamar should be playing this like the same system that Josh Allen is playing. Pro yeah. offense, quarterback power, scramble when you need to. Joseph Linval. Linval Joseph. Yes, Linval Joseph. That's right. Yeah. yeah. That's right. Yeah. yeah. I knew there was another just old dusty defensive tackle they brought in. Yeah. Nobody telling Dominican Sue I called them dusty, please. Yeah. <laughs> I don't uh one, I'm a fan, and two, I don't need that hassle. No, you don't. <laughs> um, 
nobody does. Yeah, yeah. Um, so you know, for the Eagles, they're pretty well set up again for next year. They've got wide receivers and all that. So there's not too much to talk about with them uh going into next year. Their draft class split across a couple screens here. First round, Jordan Davis, um, defensive tech out of Georgia, just an absolute planet of a man. Uh, that was a good pick. He got hurt, but he's a good pick. I thought Cam Jurgens was a really good pick, too. Yes, yeah. Super um, athletic center. And he's did he play guard for them and will take over for Kelsey? Is that the plan? I think so, yes. Yep. Um, Nicobe Dean, did he play much this year? I think he played a little. Um, I know he had the shoulder injury that he did not get fixed. Mm-hmm. I don't know if that became a problem and uh, is something that still needs to be resolved. Yeah. But, you know, small guy with some injury issues. Uh, Kyron Johnson, linebacker out of Kansas. I've literally never heard of this person. Um, and no, then, that's a fake name. But six, yeah, uh, that's a made up. That's a that's a mad and creative player. Um Sixth round, 198 overall, though. They took Grant Calcaterra, tight end out of SMU, a transfer from Oklahoma, yeah. who I thought looked like Mark Andrews at Oklahoma, and he I did. think will develop into a solid second tight end with Dallas Goddard. I agree. Quickly, he will. Yes. Yes, very, very, like, next year. Yes. Um. All right, so that's the NFC East. Moving on to the AFC East, somehow the fourth-place team in the AFC East was the Jets. Terrible. I, I had to go back and look at how this happened. This is unbelievable. So the photo for the folks uh, um, listening uh, on the podcast, which thank you and hello. We are also a YouTube live stream. There's a link in the show notes. You can see my wonderful, very professional document that I create here. Um, we have a uh, sauce gardener with the cheese head on after they won in Green Bay. Um, that is a great picture. It really is. If if I if I were like royalty, I might make this picture my sigil. <laughs> like this might become the emblem for my house. Just Sauce Gardner with the cheese head pointing at the crowd in Green Bay. Absolutely amazing. Um so the Jets go seven and ten, fourth in the AFC East. Vegas win total was five and a half. Cleve said seven. He got his team exactly right. He knew. He did. He was he was right on it. So good job. Shout out to Cleve for getting uh that one exactly right. Now the Jets were seven and four in cruising to a playoff spot until they lost their last six in a row to finish seven and ten. Yeah. J E T S. Yep, and lots of dysfunction and lots of uh this quarterback starting and then he's not, and this guy's hurt. And then he's not, not. Yeah, lots of stuff. I made two bets on this division last offseason. Bills to win, Patriots in fourth, one Dolphins and then Jets, one Jets then Dolphins. I needed the Jets to win one game out of the last six. Just one. one. Just one. I wow. would have won the bet because the Patriots have been last. That's a bummer. Absolute garbage. Oh. It is, um, but that's okay. You win some, you lose some. Uh, I did get Anthony Richardson 100 to 1 to be the first overall pick, so I'm hoping to win that one. Yeah. Good <laughs> that'd, luck. Be, that'd, that'd be decent. Um, okay, so they lose six in a row to finish 7 and 10. At quarterback this year, they started Joe Flacco, White Mike, and Zach Wilson. 
It's a lot. Somehow Joe Flacco was the best. <laughs> That's not I, – and White Mike was okay. Yeah. But the point is Zach Wilson was the worst. Now, despite going 5-2, and two, Wilson was clearly the worst of the three. It is a confirmed draft bust. Scott, are you finally ready to just admit Zach Wilson is a bust? <laughs> Why do I have to admit he's a bust? It's early. He's the number two overall pick. He had three other quarterbacks go behind him. Yeah. He's a bust. I, I would say he's trending to be a bust. I mean, there's just still time, though. He might not. You he might. You don't think there's a Geno Smith resurrection at some point in his career? No. Okay. For, for one, Geno Smith was taking the 35th overall pick, not the second. In order to not be a bust, Zach Wilson would need to have like a Rich Gannon reemergence. <laughs> you know what I mean? Which, yes, which is super unrealistic. Yeah. I'm with yes. You. Right. So he is also a victim of where he was drafted. Yeah. But he's. I mean, as as it currently stands, a total bust. Undeniable. Yeah. Yeah. And, like, we'll see if he can get his head together and latch on somewhere else and try to do something. But I I have a feeling we got a St. Louis Battlehawk on our hands. <laughs> We'll see. Now, Garrett Wilson and Sauce Gardner each won Rookie of the Year, and Brees Hall was on track to win it until he tore his ACL in Week Six. Yeah, it's amazing, like how you know <laughs> how well they did in the draft. It really is. This team. So what's amazing is that in 2022, the Lions and the Jets smashed the draft. Yeah, it, well, it might be the end times. What planet are we on? Like, there are many clues that we aren't on Earth One. Uh, Trump winning the election. Earth One. <laughs> yeah, like, like Trump winning the election was a big clue that this is not the primary universe. But the Lions and the Jets both smashing the same draft has got to be up there. Yeah. Um, and we'll get to the draft specifically coming up. But, yeah, Garrett Wilson and Sauce Gardner, both Rookie of the Year. Phenomenal picks. Yes. And neither were the first player at their position drafted. No, which is, which is crazy to think about. Yeah. Although it's Derek Stanley is still a really good prospect. And Drake London is fantastic. Yes. So it's not even a knock on those players. Although yes. Sauce should have gone before Stingley. Um, but you could make an argument that London should have gone before Wilson anyways. But still, amazing. And they only yeah. have negative $2 million in cap room. So they could probably have been move some things around, make some changes, do something. Yeah. Offensive line, most likely. Yep. There's things they can do. Yep. Uh, draft capital, 13th overall, three in the top 100. That 13th overall pick, though, I have an idea what's going to happen with that. What do they do to address the quarterback position? Rodgers, Lamar. That 13th overall pick, I think at this point, we should just think belongs to Green Bay. Sure. That's fair. I think Rodgers I think Rodgers is showing up at the Jets. Yeah, I do too. Um which uh by the way, Cleve is in here right now. Uh Cleve needs an offseason. He's got like school and training and his job and all sorts of stuff to do. So that's why us draft dorks are going to carry us through for uh for the next little bit here, but I think whenever it drops that Rodgers is going to the Jets, we I'm going to tell Cleve he's got to come back for that episode cuz yep, yep, yep. <laughs> That's going to that's going to be absolutely bonkers. Um, yeah. And I guess if they do go for Lamar, that too, I mean, that'd be pretty great. Yeah. 
Um, yes, it would. Yeah. Um, if they have picks to trade for a QB or if they have to trade picks for a quarterback like Rodgers or Lamar, how do they then approve their offensive line? Because they're going to have to pay those quarterbacks as well. Yeah, they are. Um, good question. Yeah, because they need some help. That's like the one area good. they need. Yeah, yeah. Um, I, I mean, they have – so Mekhi Becton's a big deal there. He needs to come back, right? He is. Um, Elijah Vera Tucker was hurt last year. They need him. Uh, who's their other tackle? Was it Dwayne Brown? I think so. Oh man, don't 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 quote me though. I think it was Dwayne Brown, and they need him again. Um, just to kind of keep things rolling, you know. But um, back then coming back is a huge deal for them, and he needs to stay healthy. Yeah. At this point, it's a question mark, right? Yeah, it is. Because totally. he keeps yeah. getting like the same injury over and over again. By the way, if uh, you guys are watching, wonder what I'm doing. This is like what it looks like in real time. I just had the thought, oh, I really think Rodgers is going to the Jets. So I'm going to bet the Jets to win the Super Bowl now before it happens. Um, <laughs> What's the odds? Well, I'm, I'm pulling it up. I'm pulling it up right now. Um, But see, I think. I think the real time to do it, though, was before the Derek Carr news. Yeah. So we'll see. There may not be a lot of value in this. Let me find them. They're currently 18 to 1, which is not the greatest. By contrast, the Chargers are 22 to 1. So right yeah, now the Jets not, are favored over the Chargers. Not huge numbers, no. No. Um. Still, Still worth a little five ball, though. So there we go. I get a hundred bucks if the uh if the Jets win the win the Super Bowl. And remember the rule, everybody listening and watching. If you decide to make that same bet and it loses and you complain to us that the bet lost, you have to fight Cleve. <laughs> so don't do it. I did not know about this rule. <laughs> yes, it is not financial advice. Just because I do something doesn't mean you have to do it. If you Correct. want to do it responsibly, it'll be fun. Sure. But don't complain if it doesn't hit. A lot of bets lose, and if you complain to us, you got to fight Cleve. Ah, no, thank you. <laughs> That's why it's the rule. Now to the Jets, to the Jets draft board. Um, first pick, fourth overall, Sauce Gardner, the best corner of football already. Top three. Yeah. Jalen Ramsey, Jair Alexander, Sauce Gardner. Yeah. He was awesome. Right. Yeah. Uh, Garrett Wilson. Rookie of the year wide receiver playing with Joe Flacco, Zach Wilson, and White Mike. Yeah. What's he going to do when Aaron Rodgers shows up? Uh, he's going to go off. Yeah. They need to get something out of Jermaine Johnson. They got nothing out of Jermaine Johnson last year. But he was always a project, right? Yes. So, yeah. and they took him at 26. There was talk he could go in the top five. Yep. So yep. that's the right time to take him. Yeah. Second sure. round, 36 overall, Brees Hall, running back, Iowa State. Stud. Phenomenal. Yep. And notice Didn't they didn't Jeremy blow. Look good at times. Yeah. And notice they didn't blow a first round pick on Brees Hall either. No, they did not. No. Uh, Ruckert looked pretty good at tight end. Max Mitchell, Michael Clemens, I've never heard of. <laughs> so, fourth yeah. round, a couple fourth round picks. Did they have later picks that my document get cut off? It did not. Um, so, but still, Sauce Gardner, Garrett Wilson, Brees Hall. That would be good. Two drafts. Awesome. 
<laughs> yeah. Pretty awesome. Yeah. If you did that in two years, you'd be ecstatic. So, yeah. in my uh, mind, the Jets and Aaron Rodgers, they are set. They're ready to go. And anything short of the AFC title game for them, if they get Aaron Rodgers, I think is a failure of a season. Yeah. Firing injuries, yes. Yeah, which is an amazing thing to say in the AFC. Yeah. Yep. Third place team in the AFC East. Like it. <laughs> we have Chandler Jones. Backwards pass, right? Yes. We have Chandler Jones pushing Mac Jones into the center of the earth after the backwards pass to blow the game against the Raiders. Still one of the absolute best endings I've ever seen. Um couldn't happen to a better franchise either. Yeah. They need stuff like they they're owed a lot of stuff like that happening to them. The New England Patriots, third in the AFC East, eight and nine. Uh, Vegas win total was eight and a half. Cleve said six. So Cleve was under Vegas here, which was technically right because they went eight and nine. But I think spiritually Cleve was correct here as well. Yeah. Agreed. Yeah. Uh, they remember they beat the Jets on a, in a 10 to three game on a walk-off punt return. Yes. <laughs> there was, they beat the Lions. Oh, I'll get to that. Yeah. So. They were all over the place in 2022. They beat the Lions 29 to nothing, but lost to the Bears 33 to 14. Yeah. Good old Matt Patricia, baby. Yep. Offense was unwatchable. Of offense. Yep. Unwatchable Matt Patricia and Joe Judge in charge. Yep. Who could have predicted that? Yeah. <laughs> Everybody. <laughs> yes. Yeah. Uh, all three of us on this show predicted that, and we're not even taking credit for it because that was so easy to see coming. Um, yeah. Uh, and then Mac Jones is still trying to climb out from the Earth's molten core because that is where he remains. Yeah. Uh, oh, cap room of draft capital. I forgot to put them in. <laughs> <laughs> um, do I remember off the top of my head? Cap room was not horrendous. Draft capital was not spectacular. Let's, let's let me see if I can find it real fast. Yeah, it was. Um. I could not believe I forgot to write that down. Um, actually, I can't believe I'm halfway through the, the league or three quarters way through the league. It only happened once. So they have pick 14 in round one, pick 46 mm-hmm. in round two. Yep. Pick 76 in round three. So three top 100 picks. Okay. And really three yeah. top 75. Yes. Yeah. Yes. And then, then they have uh, three fourth rounders after that. So okay. some capital. Yeah, and their cap room, I remember it wasn't it wasn't like it might have been negative, but it wasn't insane. Um so they should have some room to make some moves with that. But the questions are how do they improve the offensive coaching? They did hire Bill O'Brien. That should help. Um especially compared to Matt Patricia. My goodness. Uh yeah. Um, but my question here, Scott, is do they stick with Mac Jones or do they make a move here? They have thirty-two million in cap space. Oh, I so they don't. I can see them making a move. Yeah. Um, I don't know what it would be, but I have an idea. Lamar. Yep. Yeah. All these teams should be in for this. Yeah. Yeah. I'm not arguing. Yeah. Um. Second question: Will they ever get a good wide receiver? It'll be. It'll. It'll be a free <laughs> agent. Uh, DeAndre Hopkins might be a good receiver there. <laughs> Aside aside from when they had Randy Moss, 
I think the Patriots' last great receiver was Irving Fryer. Uh, people talk about the Patriots like they draft great all the time, and it's like, no, they really don't. Not in the first round. Well, and certain positions too. Like, um, they don't draft receivers well at all. They never have, like you're saying. Yeah. There, there's just – they have blind sights, you know, just – yeah, it, it gets covered know. up by how well they draft tight end. Sure. And, and Julian you know, and Julian that, Edelman, right? It helps that you haven't need, needed to really have a quarterback for a bunch of years. Yes. Yeah. It um, hides a lot of problems. But yes, uh, Gronk, the greatest tight end of all time. You can get away with having bad wide receivers, and you got Gronk out there. Yep. Um, Patriots draft. Round one, pick 29, Cole Strange, guard out of Chattanooga. I remember the Rams making fun of the Patriots in real time when this pick took place. Yeah. But yeah. I thought Cole Strange played well this year. He did. He was fine. Taquan yeah. Thornton popped. Yes, um, and, and they were designing touches for him as well. Yeah. Uh, in and around the goal line. I think Thornton's got – I'm in on Thornton again this year, late round best ball. I'm, I'm – I'm, I like Tyquan Thornton. He's got a chance to sort of break that mold for them. Yeah, yeah. Bailey Zappi obviously looks like a a rock oh. star clipboarding clipboard holding backup for a while. Yes, the chase um, the chase Daniel. Uh, but you missed somebody important. Round three. Oh yeah, no, yeah. I mean, Marcus Jones is good. Pierce Marcus Strong Jones. Is good. Marcus Jones is a smash two way yeah. player. Punt returner. He returned the punt against the Jets for the win. He had that crazy pick six where he did like the one leg hop along the sideline for a touchdown. He's getting carries in the red zone. Marcus Jones is an absolute smash pick in the third. Yes. In the third round for them. I'm with you that Bailey Zappi is going to be a great backup for a long time and will probably be a backup in New England. Um, what do you think about the Pierre Strong and Kevin Harris picks? Um, I mean, for what they do, they need bodies, so they're fine. You know, yeah, I like Pierre Strong, and they're going to lose Damian Harris this year. Yeah, so they're going to have Ramondre Stevenson, Kevin Harris, Pierre Strong. I wouldn't be shocked if they draft somebody else. Yeah, I mean they're they are a team that loves to just chew through the running backs. They just do. Doesn't this just feel like a Roshan Johnson team? Yes, <laughs> it really does. It really does just feel like yeah. Roshan Johnson out of Texas, yep. and the Patriots are just made cute. for each other. It's cute, and it's you know it's a little like oh we're smarter than the, oh you go ahead and take Bijan we'll take his backup and be better than you yeah okay. he's a former quarterback he's smart great at pass protection you know yeah yeah that just feels like it there um, Sam Roberts chasing Hines um, I don't know why I have Skylar Thompson in the seventh round for the Patriots that is not true um, he's a dolphin he is a dolphin so that okay. is that is a typo so we'll see if I can. Uh, Whatever. Skyler Thompson plays for the Dolphins. Yep. Um, Moving on. Yeah. So, goodbye. <laughs> Second place in the AFC East. The Miami Dolphins. Holy crap. Going back through their season. Um, so, they go 9-8. and eight, Finish second place. They lose the wild card round to Buffalo without Tua. Why didn't they have Tua? Scott, going back and going back through this again was unreal. How they did this poor kid. Like... I mean, he's what, 25 now? He's not really a kid, but whatever. I'm yeah. 40. They're all kids. Yeah. Um, so the Vegas win total was nine. Cleve said six. That was wrong. The Dolphins were actually better than a nine win team um, with their quarterback. 
Yeah. Uh, Dolphins opened the season 3-0, and and then Tua took an awful concussion against the Bengals. The NFL revamped their concussion protocol due to that concussion because it appeared on video that Tua was concussed the week prior against Buffalo. And he was. Yes, yeah, stumbling around. It looks pretty clear. So the league comes back and they're like, oh, we're going to redo this. We're going to tighten up these protocols. We're going to do all this and whatever, right? And remember, this injury against, against the Bengals was on Sunday Night Football. Absolutely terrible. Fencing on the field, throwing up the gang signs. Awful. The the second worst injury to happen to Buffalo in this division. Or in, in Cincinnati in this division. Um, But at the time... Like, people forget about how bad this Tua concussion was because of DeMar Hamlin, which we'll get to, but this was terrible when it happened. Um, it was brutal. Yep. So the Dolphins lost their next three games with Teddy Bridgewater. Tua then came back, and then the Dolphins threw an 8-7 and seven record. During the Green Bay game in Week 16 on Christmas Day, Tua got concussed against the Packers, but was allowed to stay in the game despite the revamped concussion protocols. Doesn't seem like they were working. Right. And this is what gets overlooked for this because he finished this game. They lost this game because he threw three awful fourth quarter interceptions. And they were. <laughs> but in hindsight, it's like, oh, because he's seeing quadruple. Yes. And he thinks he's on earth nine. Yes. He's throwing into quadruple coverage with nobody open. Yes. Yes. Um, and so they let him stay in the game. He doesn't finish. You know, he's done for the rest of the year from there on out. Uh, Miami lost a close game to Buffalo in the wild card round. Miami was able to play in the wild card round because the Jets were in a must win position against the Dolphins and lost eleven to six against Skylar Thompson. Okay, God, fucking Jets. That, but... Um, cap room negative eighteen million dollars. That was coming into the off season. I yeah. think Miami's are they already cut Byron Jones. That's like yeah. fifteen million right there. Yep. So I think the Dolphins are going to be able to create a lot of cap space if they want to. Uh, draft capital. Their first round pick was forfeited. God. For tampering. They didn't even get what they were tampering for. I know. It was a Tom Brady, right? Yes. Yeah. I never, uh, never, uh, you know, don't sleep on these, these super rich, wealthy dudes who think they can get away with everything. Trying to get away with everything. Yeah, good. That's just a good life lesson. You should you should write that down. Put on a bumper sticker. Um, kind of a long bumper sticker, I guess. We'll, we'll workshop it. Um, yeah. <laughs> uh, so they they still have three picks in the top one hundred, but I think they have like four picks overall. Yeah. Um, questions. When does Tua come back? What condition will he be in? Do the Dolphins take measures to protect themselves against another concussion? Um, you mean in like the, in the form of a better backup quarterback? Uh-huh. I have somebody in mind, actually. Somebody in mind. Uh, he won't like it. He'll, he'll think he should be a starter, but I think he's perfect for the situation. Jacoby Brissett. Not who I was thinking of, but not bad. Better than Brissett though. I don't know. Jimmy G. Perfect. I think Jimmy G should take like. Top three backup money, go to Miami and realize that they're a good team and his chances of playing. It's like the San Francisco thing all over again. He's worked with McDaniel before. It's like the same situation when this quarterback gets injured. Because if he takes another concussion, he's out for what, five to six weeks now? 
Honestly, if he takes another bad one, it could be one of those I'm done kind of yeah. deals. Right. And so I think this is a perfect spot for Jimmy G to go play on a good team, have a chance to make you know, to the Super Bowl run, that sort of thing. And it, yeah. it's worth it for Miami to overpay to have such a high-quality backup quarterback. Yeah. Um, my, next, my last question for them, do they draft Jameer Gibbs in the second round, please? It would be such a fascinating uh, landing spot. It would. Yeah. They don't have enough draft picks to waste one on a running back, but uh, come on. Oh, I don't know, man. I, I, he would be a huge part of their offense. He would. I he mean, really would. He'd be fantastic as a Dolphin. Yes, he would. Um, yes, he would. And I, I, I'd, I'd love, I'd love to see it. Uh, Dolphins draft last year. They only had uh, four picks. Third round, Channing Tindall, linebacker, Georgia. Didn't do anything as far as I know. Yeah. Fourth round, Eric Azukanma, wide receiver, Texas Tech. Bust. No. Yeah. Nothing. Uh, and then two seventh-round picks, Cameron Good, linebacker, California. And then Skylar Thompson, quarterback, Kansas State, outplayed his seventh-round draft slot, but not. Not by much, but he did. He's not good. No. But no, he's young. I mean, he's got to yeah. figure it out. But yes, for a seventh-rounder in a system that's probably not great for his his particular strengths, Yeah, he's fine. He did fine. But – Skyler Thompson is the quintessential, like, why aren't you currently the quarterback of the, like, Arlington Renegades? <laughs> like, just go play spring ball, get more reps, and come back. Yeah. You know, um, yeah. that's who that's who should be the quarterback of some of these XFL teams. Not Louis Perez again. Um, yeah. But XFL has actually not been bad. No. Some of the rule changes are good. It's been, it's been fine. Like, it's not the world's best football, but it's not terrible. No. It's football when we don't have football. It's fine. Exactly. Um, and the that means that the winning team in the AFC East is the Buffalo Bills. Okay, moving on. <laughs> Scott, Scott's looking at the photo here. I've got Thank a sci- <laughs> I, I, I've got a scientific description of how cloning works because apparently De, the Demar Hamlin now is a clone. Uh, the real Demar Hamlin unfortunately passed away because his heart was weak from the COVID vaccine. And he's been cloned by the NFL and Bill Gates and Joe Biden, so nobody catches on to how bad the vaccine is. <sighs> so a little much. Well, listen, CPAC was this last weekend, you know, top of mind. Yeah. So, um, yeah, I don't know how you do it. <laughs> uh, with a smile on my face and anger in my heart. All yeah. right. <laughs> not um, going to go through life. No. Oh, my guy did it again. I forgot to write theirs down, too. Uh, quick, can you look up their cap room and draft capital while I talk here? Yes. So, jeez, Dave, come on. Um, the um, Bills go 13-3, and three, first in the AFC East, lost in the divisional round to the Bengals at home, 27-10. to Got smashed in the playoffs. Um, now, Cleve did an amazing job here. Vegas would total was 11 and a half. He said 14 and it came in at 13. That is really well done. That is fantastically well done. Um, so started the season looking like one of the two best teams in the league, along with the Eagles opened up six and one. Josh Allen hurt his elbow mid year. and was clearly never 100% again, in my opinion. Yeah. Um, 
Now, in Week 17 at Cincinnati, uh, safety Lamar Hamlin suffered a life-threatening injury and almost died on the field. And I know they came back the next week, opening kickoff Naheem Hines for a touchdown, and it was emotional and great. I, This is just my opinion. I don't think this team ever got over the Lamar Hamlin injury fully. I don't think they did either. It was just too much. It was too much, too close to the playoffs. Right. I think this happened in week four. They could do a full rally the whole season's for him. He's getting way, way better as we get closer to the playoffs. I just think that, like, did he, like, die clinically on the field? It was close, right, because they were doing CPR and stuff. I don't know exactly uh, whether he did or didn't, but it was, you know, it took yeah. him a long time, and they had to intubate him on the field. So, yes. I mean, there was, yeah. yeah. Like, there's not, like, if we're doing this show and you collapse and have to be intubated, intubated on camera, next week's show is not going to be that great. <laughs> no. <laughs> you know, no. it's going to be, it's going to be a little rough. <laughs> yeah, a little bit. And so, and so, like, I think Buffalo in general is much better than they showed this year. Yeah between Allen's injury and this just like, it was a real tragedy. I mean, thank goodness he survived. Yeah. Yeah. But seeing, seeing a teammate damn near die on the field is a tragedy. Oh, it's, it's uh, yeah. I, I mean, I can't even imagine. Um, yeah. Cap space. They are 19 million over the cap. Okay. They have, uh, they have, a pick in round one and round two and round three. So they had three in the top hundred. Okay. So pretty standard for them there. Yeah. Um, yeah. Only question I have for the bills. I think it's the only question I have for the bills. No, I have two questions. Uh, what do they do about their wide receiver room? So they, they drafted a player from Boise state last year named Khalil Shakir. Mm-hmm. And he is a very good player. Now, if, if you're, if your if your room is Diggs and Gabriel Davis and Shakir, um, and find a legit uh, slot receiver, which is one of the reasons why I think why they brought Beasley back, you know back late in the season, um, there's a lot of little slot receivers in this draft, so I think they can make that happen as long as Davis plays. Uh, Davis just didn't do much last year. High um, ankle sprain, I think. I think he was hurt most of the year. Yeah, but I just in the end, I think he's a better best ball option, yeah, than like super consistent player as an NFL player. And yeah, they need a they need a receiver who is consistent. Shakir could be that. Shakir's a good player. I have. A, they need. I, so I was thinking about this too. I have another because Shakir, I think, is a really good prospect. Um, and as a fifth round pick, should take a year or two to kind of get going. And he could be coming yeah. into that right now. Yeah. What about? playing Davis and Shakir outside and moving Diggs into the slot. Perfect. Because he's uncoverable there. I don't know how yes. anybody's going to cover him there. Yes. Yeah. Just that's kind, of, that's kind of stuff that you would have to do. Yeah, because Davis and Shakir can threaten downfield. Yep. And so you could just have Diggs running shorter, stop, you know, stop routes, yeah. whatever. And yep. then, boom, switch it on him real quick, flip him outside and let him go sometimes. Um I, yeah, yeah that's all what, that stuff I think works. I think that works that works well. Yeah. The other thing they can do too, because you mentioned the slot receivers, I wouldn't be shocked if they were like, we just need more offense 
and they targeted Smith and Jigba. I, I think they will. I just don't know that they're going to be able to get to him. Um, they obviously have to trade up. Yeah. I mean, maybe Trey Flower or Trey, uh, the dude from Boston College. Um, Zay Flowers. Zay Flowers. Um, I think he might fit. Yeah, he's he's interesting. I just, I was just so underwhelmed by so many of the receivers at the combine. I'm having trouble like getting hyped for him. Yeah. Um. But to me, like, if you don't get Smith and Jigba, you're better off taking somebody in the third round and using your first round pick on somebody else. Yes, I agree. Um, yeah. Because they do need to get younger on defense. Same problem that the Eagles have. Yep. Yep. So, they do. Yep. So they need to get younger on, on defense as well. Uh, their draft class, 23rd overall pick, Kair Elam. What'd you think? He was okay. Yeah, just okay. Yeah. Uh, could... Could could get better. Yeah. Floor could fall out. You would hope he gets better. Yeah. Uh James, James Cook was good. Good. To me, critically underutilized. Yeah. Like they finally realized in the playoffs that he's better than Devin Singletary. Yes. Um, but Singletary's a free agent. Don't think he comes back. They're not just gonna roll with Cook into next year. One of these running backs is going on this team. Yeah. Perfect compliment to James Cook. Zach Charbonnet. Without a doubt. Yes. Yeah. And perfect yeah. and perfect for that city and that team. Yes. Yes. Yeah. He'd be he'd be great there. Uh Terrell Bernard, linebacker out of Baylor, nothing, right? Nothing I'm aware of. Uh Khalil Shakir, fifth round pick out of I, I don't know why it says Buffalo. I know he went to Boise State. Um yeah, I thought he should have gone higher in the draft. I thought he was a steal for them there, and he's uh gonna work out. Yep, I think so. Sixth round pick that took Matt Arieza, the punter out of San Diego State, who was quickly run out of the league when he was charged with uh, awful, horrible crimes. Which he had, I, a, he had a rough uh, entrance to the NFL. Which I believe the charges have either been dropped or he was cleared or some way it's over. I read that. So he may be coming back in some capacity because uh, whatever it was, he was not convicted. Yeah. Um, Christian Benford, cornerback from Villanova, that was a hit. Yep. Yeah, he's playing a lot. Uh, Luke Tenuta, tackle from Virginia Tech. I feel like he got in a little bit. Yeah, I don't know. Yeah, I feel like I remember seeing him uh, in a little bit. And then Balen Spector, linebacker from Clemson. Whatever. Uh, So not the best draft class that they they could have had, um, but – Cook and Shakir and Benford are all very useful pieces. Yeah. But if they, if and they if repeat, pans out, yeah, it's a good class. If they repeat this class though, this year, they're going to get in trouble quickly. Yes. Yes, they are. Yeah. They, they need, need yeah. they need one of their first two round picks to not be a running back and to hit. Yes. No matter what, it could be a guard, right? Yeah. They could take John Michael Schmitz, the center from Minnesota, but they got to smash something this year. Yep. Or else, because they have to pay Josh Allen so much money. Yes. Diggs is getting older. Diggs is like, getting older. They don't have a lot of weapons outside Diggs. Yeah. Yeah. Their, their window will close quickly if they have two back-to-back lackluster classes. Yes. Agreed. Okay. So uh, that's the AFC East. Next week we'll be back. 
most likely doing the Western divisions. However, free agency will start, or there'll be a lot of the legal tampering period will start by then. Yeah. So if we are inundated with free agency news, we might split the Western divisions, push the Western divisions. Right. We'll play it by year. Yeah. So we'll we'll see what's happening there with all the crazy free agency stuff coming out. Um by then next week. Uh, Scott, do you have any final words before we go? I'm good. All right. Well, everybody, thank you. For those of you watching us live, joining us in the chat, thank you so much. Uh, makes the show that much better. If you're listening to the podcast, again, thank you very much. We are also a YouTube live stream. There's a link in the show notes. No matter where you're listening, the link is in the show notes. You can like and subscribe to the YouTube, get notified of when we're going live. We'd love to have more people coming in. The more people in the chat, the better. Really get it. Um, Really get it going. Again, we're part of the Maddie Ice Media Network. Go to MaddieIceMedia.com. Discover all the other great podcasts. Also, political football merch. Want to get a t-shirt? Want to get a hoodie? We got stuff. Uh, we got stuff there on the site. Um, that's it for us this week. We'll be back uh, next uh, Tuesday to either discuss free agency or the Western Divisions or both. See you then. Peace. See you guys.